School CEO Conversations is an Aptogy Media production. We like to have insightful conversations with education's most inspiring and thoughtful leaders. In this episode, School Nursing, a Foundation of Healthy Schools, we talk with Donna Mazik, Executive Director at the National Association of School Nurses. Here are today's hosts, Michael and Brittany. Well, today on the podcast, we're really excited to have Donna Mazik, the Executive Director of the National Association of School Nurses with us. Donna, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Brittany. I'm excited to be here with you both today. Well, we're really pumped to have you, and especially right now with everything going on with COVID, obviously, you know, school nurses have been doing a lot with COVID, but before we kind of get in that topic today and what kind of what school nursing is, before you were the executive director at the National Association of School Nurses, I knew you actually served as a school nurse as well, and so I wanted to see what really brought you into school nursing, because I feel like it's maybe a, a field that we all know about, but one that we really probably don't know that much about as well. That's a, a great question. I was a nurse for 14 years before I became a school nurse. And um, the, the nursing that I did before I came to school was in the community. And I had decided by the time I was a junior in nursing school that I wanted to work with communities. And so the first community was the opposite of the students. It was a geriatric community. I did home care. And then I found school nursing. And school nursing found me. So uh, I come from a big family, and there were always various generations of people. So my oldest sister was 17 years older than me. And so even her children were curious to me. They were my peers. And I enjoyed kids. And I started my school nursing in high school, my favorite group. And it's been a wonderful journey since then. I enjoy working with individual students. And I really enjoyed working with the population of students. So I really love high school, too. I taught high schoolers for for many years. And, um, you know, I was lucky enough to have a lot of great partnerships with school nurses. So in thinking about school nurses, I think everyone knows, you know, what they think a school nurse does. But as a special education teacher, I saw a lot of different layers to the job that I don't know that everyone is aware of. What are some of the biggest misconceptions about school nursing? Well, there are misconceptions. Some folks believe uh, school nurses are in a room with a bun at the nape of their necks and um, just, you know, waiting for people to come in. That was not school nursing and is not school nursing. School nurses provide student-centered nursing services using knowledge, skill, using judgment to help all the students be healthy and safe. One of my favorite things to do when I was a school nurse was to stand in the doorway of the health room during the change of class. I learned a lot just by viewing students walking through the, the building. And, and most of my time was not in, a, in the room. I worked with a wonderful um, health aide who was a great partner who took care of uh, the first aid that students needed. And I dealt with the more complex issues and attended um, uh, team meetings, uh, worked with special educators and counselors. I worked with school social workers. I worked with the principal. And school nurses today are doing that very thing. They are doing uh, all that's needed to help students be safe. One quick example, 
a school nurse who saw a line of students one afternoon coming in from the playground. These were elementary school students, and they all had uh, skinned knees or maybe an elbow. And that school nurse did what needed to be done from a first aid perspective. But then once recess was over, the school nurse went out to the playground and said, hmm, what's going on here? Found the piece of equipment that students said that they were skinning their knees on, saw where the issues were, spoke with the principal, spoke with the um, school custodian, that piece of equipment was moved out so that it could be repaired. That's the kind of work school nurses do that folks don't know about. I think that kind of just facility safety is, is really interesting, I mean, especially because it has gained a lot more attention with COVID and just, you know, the issues with facilities and whether or not they're they're conducive to kind of eliminating the spread or, or contributing to the spread of COVID. But I, I think like school nursing really has a, a real role with not just students, but also like you were talking about with kind of that administrative level of you know making sure that the facilities are are good because you have if you have a school nurse in in your building, you essentially have an expert on health and wellness and what is good and, and what is health, what is not going to be good for the health of your students within your building. Why not tap into that resource? Why not use them? Absolutely. That's why school health services are so important. And we even say that school health services are an equity issue because some students don't have chronic health conditions, yet they need that, that expertise of a school nurse to make sure that their environment is healthy and safe. Uh, our school buildings, for the most part in this nation, are old, old, old. And so um, even the HVAC systems, which we've learned during COVID, as you mentioned, it's not a quick patch. It's not a quick, just change the filter. It, it needs to be a well thought out process. And school nurses are not the only one on that team. Certainly facilities managers need to, to know and do know what to do with that. But teamwork is how we keep that building safe. And, and thinking about school nursing related to equity, for many children, the school nurse is the most frequent medical professional I imagine that they see throughout the year. And if they don't have continuous health service or see a doctor regularly, the school nurse could be the very person who's on the front line to make sure they are happy and healthy to learn. That's so true, Brittany. I, I'd like to uh, point out that most students are in school for 180 days unless they are chronically absent, which we can talk about later. But so that school nurse is a health professional who sees that student more than any other health professional. And uh, families get adjusted to that. Uh, school nurses can tell you stories about coming in on Monday, and there's the long line of folks who are coming in. The kids are saying, well, I hurt myself on the basketball court on Friday. My mom told me to wait until I see you, <laughs> you know, and so um, there, there is the reality to that trusted and familiar uh, health professional in schools through the school nurses work. That reminds me of a, another guest we had on the podcast a while back, Dr. Julie Stam. She's a brain injury expert from the University of Wisconsin-Madison, and she was talking about you know, not only concussions, but just brain injuries with sports and long-term issues with that. But one of the things she talked about is how educators, in a lot of cases, the people that are best equipped and best situated to identify concussions in children and in youth, because in a lot of cases, those symptoms don't show up until the next day. Um, so a lot of times the parents may not see it when they wake up in the morning, the kid's always you know, going to be 
groggy anyway, right? They're not going to necessarily notice it then. And so it, can, it really may be in that classroom or in that school where you see things like concussions come up. And so it just really kind of reminded me of how important that one, school nurses are obviously to that student population directly, but also with helping train the other educators to identify things to watch out for and things to look out for in students. So that way they can get referred to someone who's an expert like the school nurse. Yes, that that is uh, the school nurse's role every every year at the beginning of the school year. School nurses want uh, that 5, 10, 15 minutes with the whole school staff to be able to share some of those symptoms that they may see that's important for them to know about so they don't misread uh, what may be going on with the student. One example I can give of that is a student who had their head down in class. And fortunately, the, the school nurse had told the school staff what it looked like to have low blood glucose. And um, and so that teacher could have, you know. And a head down is something that's really common, right? I mean, teachers see that all the time, right? Very common from pre-K all the way through 12th grade. Very common. And that teacher realized that this particular student may have something going on. Um, and so uh, made sure that she talked to the student, asked what was happening, was able to determine that that student needed some uh, a check of the blood glucose and to see where they were with that. Fortunately, because the school nurse and the teacher and the student and the family worked together, that student had a fast-acting sugar um, uh, product to eat in the classroom and then came down to the school nurse. Well-oiled machine, and not everyone understands that. So that teacher needed to know and responded appropriately. The student had the supplies needed so they wouldn't come down to the health room and in a weakened state and maybe have an accident, um, like falling. And then they were able to get that straightened out once they got to the school nurse. It's, it's teamwork all the way in schools. Well, this goes back, I think, to the thing you talked about earlier about that 180 days and how you know school nurses are really the the healthcare provider that are seeing these students the most. I'm thinking about with students, a lot of times when they have symptoms, they don't necessarily know how to talk about them. They don't know kind of what they really are. They just kind of have these feelings that they're trying to address, right? I mean, because they really haven't processed all that at that point, especially the younger you get. And so I feel like that's really helpful having the people in staff that know how to talk about that, that also know how to kind of coax that out of students, because in a lot of cases, they're just really not going to know what's going on. And I think especially about like mental health, right? It's really hard for students, hard for adults to kind of know what's going on if they really haven't been exposed to that and really haven't talked through that before. Yes. And especially during this time, it was true before the pandemic and even more so now, um, being able to be there for students with any kind of mental health um, concerns that they may have. School nurses are not licensed mental health clinicians. However, school nurses are part of the school staff um, mental health workforce and that students will come to the school nurse with some of those vague symptoms. My, my tummy hurts or, you know, my head hurts. I feel funny and may not be able to say what it is. That school nurse knows how to uh, coax out, as you say, just to really, in that caring way, being able to find out what's at the root of what students are dealing with. Sometimes it's a matter of seeing a pattern. So if that student comes in with those same vague symptoms three, four times in that week, that school nurse is going to wonder what's at the root of that. 
And, and sometimes it comes out. Um, the student is, is able to just blurt out sometimes what's happening. Sometimes the family knows about it when the school nurse says, you know, I've been seeing your child uh, three or four times this week, and I'm not noticing anything that's a physical issue to take um, the next step on, but I just want you to know. And then sometimes school nurses really hear that sadness or that sense of, of anxiety and can work with the other team members, the school counselor, the school psychologist, the school social worker, and the family and, and provide that student with what's needed. A lot of times school nurses are the gateway to identifying those mental health concerns. I really like that image of the gateway because I think that that for students, the nurse is a very trusted individual. The nurse isn't going to get them in trouble. The nurse isn't going to, you know, they're not going to let them, you know, wait out of class or anything like that, but they're going to be someone who's there to support them. Um, I had an experience where a nurse really served as the gateway to helping one of my students get taken care of. She really struggled, I noticed, um, in classes that involved a lot of dialogue. And so I sent her to the nurse for a hearing screening. Um, and that's part of routine things. Her hearing was fine, but when the nurse and I talked to her about it, she goes, this is how I always am. I have to watch subtitles on anything I watch on TV. Um, and as we, as a team, worked to support her, it came out that she had an auditory processing disorder. And so it made sense that a lot of classes that were dialogue heavy wouldn't make sense to her because that is, you know, that is how, not how her brain works. And the nurse was really a partner for me. So all that to say, I feel like we've, you know, really underlined how important school nurses are. And yet when I began my teaching career almost a decade ago, I was really surprised at how much school nursing had been cut from my own experience as a student. I was really dismayed to learn at my first teaching position that we only had a school nurse for a very large high school two days a week. Um, how did these cuts happen and sort of how did that become acceptable? Because it seems like parents especially would be really on board with having a school nurse available to their child at all times. Uh, that's, that's a question that we ask a lot. And in fact, in 2016, the National Association of School Nurses commissioned a school nurse workforce study. We wanted to know empirically what's going on. And what we discovered is about 25% of schools in the nation did not have a school nurse at all. We also discovered that um, another portion of those nurses were part-time. What was very interesting was to find out who employed school nurses. So in that study, 80%, almost 80% of school nurses were funded by education dollars. And we're talking about health. We understand that Health is that example you gave, Brittany, with the student with the auditory processing concerns, that health is absolutely linked with learning. And so we know this, and um, yet we have education is, is, all, is, the, most, is the primary uh, funder of school health services. Not totally, but in a lot of places. That's beginning to change somewhat. So you did mention some of the things about how, like you talked about the example of how school nursing can impact like education. And before we dive into how schools can really look at funding school nursing and funding health within their uh, school systems, 
without having to pull that directly from education dollars. I want to just talk about what are the real benefits. I mean, I know we talked about a few kind of case examples, but really what are the benefits to certain subpopulations, but then also to the larger kind of general school population as well? And where do you see kind of school nursing really having that impact on the school system, but also on student, you know, quote unquote achievement? Yes. Well, school nursing services is not uh, a just a nice add-on. It's really an integral part of making sure that students are able to attend to their learning. And so when we talk about some of the benefits that school nurses bring, school nurses, um, NASM came out or uh, developed and shared in 2016, the 21st century school nursing framework. And in that framework, we see those, uh, if I could say bucket areas, those principles that school nurses are bringing in terms of their um, their professionalism. So care coordination and all that's involved with care coordination, which could be for chronic health conditions, but it could also be care coordination for the student who uh, broke their leg and, and for eight weeks will have a cast. How is that student safe in school? We also look at the leadership that school nurses bring and advocating for students. So that was a little bit of that example of making sure that the playground equipment was safe for students. Um, School nurses are also uh, providing quality improvement. So for their own work, um, making sure that they are using the nursing process, which requires making an assessment, coming up with um, kind of a, a problem issue that you want to deal with, planning to alleviate that issue in a student or the population, and then um, implementing that plan and then evaluating. Data is a huge part of that, data collection, data um, analysis, and the school nurse can help the principal in a school building to know what's going on in that school in terms of health and safety by making uh, regular reports based on the data. And then we have the community and public health role that school nurses play. How do school nurses benefit a school or district? We know that school nurses have the ability to increase uh, school attendance through health promotion, disease prevention. There are some students who I think maybe 60% have health concerns as part of the reason for their absenteeism. And chronic absenteeism can start with young students. And that takes away their learning time. And that is not not what we want for students. So school nurses need to be a part of that uh, absenteeism or school attendance uh, piece. School nurses also save time for principals and save time for teachers and staff. So a study was done uh, a few years back, and a school nurse in the school building saves um, principals almost an hour a day. They're not having to deal with the the health issues that a, a licensed professional school nurse could deal with. Teachers save almost 20 minutes a day, and clerical staff can save over 45 minutes a day when there's a school nurse who's there in the building. So you can have teachers focus on learning, office staff spending less time calling students and sending them home because a school nurse won't send every student home, much to the chagrin of some students. The school nurses will do that assessment and say, well, you know, let's do this and then you can go back to class, you know, but an office staff person wouldn't 
be able to do that just based on their role. And also employee wellness. Um, school nurses can have an impact on that. And schools nurses can also help schools stay accountable. There are federal laws that enable students to have free, accessible public education. And school nurses are there to make sure students who have health issues with an individualized education program or a 504 plan, that that is taken care of. So you mentioned this briefly earlier, but, and I think everyone probably has seen this a little bit, but what impact did the pandemic have on school nursing and how do you think that has changed the field? Wow, the pandemic has changed our lives. (laughs) The most impactful change is that school nursing services Uh, prior to the pandemic, included all the different roles that we talked about. What's happening now is that work still exists for school nurses. And on top of that is the work that comes from mitigating a pandemic. So the contact tracing, doing quarantines, other mitigation strategies. We talked a little bit about uh, working with facilities managers and making sure that the air is the way it needs to be to lessen the impact of infectious diseases at school. And notice, I'm not talking just about COVID-19. Prior to COVID-19, school nurses were on alert um, related to um, annual flu, influenza. And so the work is similar It's on blast, if I could say it that way, you know, that we hear school nurses who are working 10 to 12 hours a day. You hear educators saying that. You hear um, school leaders saying that. Everyone is doing the work they're doing and the overlay of managing through the pandemic is part of that. I would say that the other thing that it's not totally different, I mentioned that mental health concerns were there before. But now it's it's heightened because not just the students, the staff as well. Everyone's coming back into buildings and trying to do the work while COVID cases still pop up, requiring quarantines or other adjustments, maybe uh, reinstituting hybrid learning for a period of time. It's stressful for everyone. And if the adults in the building are not well and managing through that, then it'll be difficult for the students to manage well through that. So uh, I would say that for school nurses, along with others in the school building, this is a heightened time and and a time that, that is stressful and personal resilience is one aspect of it. Organizational resilience is another aspect of getting through this. It's kind of pandemic has made things more stressful for nurses and made it stressful for everybody. I was curious then, you know, why do school nurses do it, right? Like what does draw people into the field? Wow. So as I have heard school nurse after school nurse after school nurse say, they are concerned about the students. They want to make a difference. Their whole reason for being in that building has to do with making sure students are healthy they're safe, and they're available for learning because we know that education makes a difference for their lives beyond K through 12 schools. So they're committed to the cause. They're committed to the mission. They want to do their part. 
I do want to say that that, that sounds pretty exhausting. Um, across the board in education, we've seen a lot of burnout, both from teachers, leaders. Is that same burnout occurring in the school nurse sphere? Yes, um, school nurses are reporting um, two words, overwhelmed and exhausted. And uh, we, we actually are in the midst of a, a, a survey to school nurses, and we'll be collaborating with someone else for a survey uh, discussing um, moral distress that school nurses are, are feeling because they're trying to do what is the right thing to do um, in terms of managing a pandemic. And some of what comes back to them is, is very hard. Um, and so, yes, it's very concerning that school nurses are overwhelmed, that they're exhausted. And um, we, as an organization, pay attention to that and are looking for ways that we can be part of solutions. But as you know, in education, so much is local as well. Um, and what happens, and I have heard uh, wonderful uh, reports of, of uh, school leaders who've been uh, doing their part. Um, I've heard of one school leader who hired um, clerical staff who can do some of the work that school nurses, school psychologists, school counselors don't have to do, that they can spend their time on what their expertise is for. And someone else can do some of the, you know, the inevitable um, documentation that's needed, not specific to a student, but the clerical pieces. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't take away the hours all the time, though. Yeah. Yeah. So thinking about that, and I know that you'll probably have a lot more recommendations after your research, but what recommendations would you give to school leaders so that they can adequately support their nurses? I, that's a wonderful question and one that we think about a lot in our work. So we can we can provide school nurses, we being our organization is, is really um, there as a support and education for school nurses. And we can provide them with a an online community. We have a very brisk, brisk conversations and, and regular conversations and support through a uh, community of school nurses. And we can teach them resilience. We can, uh, we're about to launch a wellness page for school nurses. But school leaders, we, we ask is that, that the heart of resilience is part of the organization because resilience isn't only for the individual, it's for the system in which they work. And I know that's a, a heavy statement given all that the, the leaders are, are doing and up against right now, but the system has to also um, be open to the individual's resilience strategies. So I want to get back into a little bit of the, the finance discussion, because I think you know, pretty much every superintendent across the country, every principal across the country, I think would all probably agree that they would like to have a school nurse in, in their buildings. But then I know for every superintendent, usually the question comes up, well, how do I pay for it? And you talked about how, you know, in a lot of cases, these are coming out of education dollars. And I understand if you're dealing with, you know, a crunch in a budget and you're having to deal with, do we have, you know, enough math teachers or do we have a school nurse, right? That, that can become a really tough tough decision, especially when we're talking about, you know, standardized testing and all these other things that come about. So I was curious if you could share, you know, for superintendents out there that do want to incorporate more school nursing into their districts, what options are there out there for them where they won't necessarily have to put, you know, everything from their regular budget right to, to school nursing, but might be able to find money elsewhere? 
That's, that's a really good question. And I'd like to speak a little bit to the temporary uh, federal funds. With those funds um, for schools, there are opportunities for superintendents to build infrastructure and capacity to address the health and well-being of students and staff be beyond that 2023 fiscal cliff, as some are calling it. The Council of Chief State School Officers developed a guide that will help state and local leaders discern ways to leverage that federal funding. That resource is called Restart and Recovery, Leveraging Federal COVID Relief Funding and Medicaid to Support Student and Staff Wellbeing and Connection. So given that for the temporary part, um, within that resource is a long-term potential for schools, and that's Medicaid funding. So from a long-term perspective, since the late 1980s, Medicaid has reimbursed states for certain medically necessary services provided in a school-based setting to children with an individualized education program and, and in some other limited situations. There's federal funding available, and this amount that is being used uh, amounts to less than 1% of total federal Medicaid program costs, but it represents a significant source of revenue for schools, making Medicaid the third largest funding stream for K through 12 students in public schools. So what superintendents may want to look into is work that's being done by the Healthy Schools Campaign. And that work has been a, a wonderful look, a deeper dive into how Medicaid funds can be accessed for school health services for students who are eligible for Medicaid and are not in IEP programs or don't have an IEP. So um, that is a resource. And there are about 15 state teams that the Healthy Schools Campaign has been working with. And I'm really excited about the possibility. And we've seen some examples that when state Medicaid, state education agencies work together, then there and other agencies per states, you know, every state is different. Uh, but when they work together, there has been um, an increasing number of states who've been able to access uh, federal Medicaid funds to support school health services. And other, I said school health services is more broadly, mental health funding, speech language, you know, just a lot of the supports that students need. This is an opportunity, and I think superintendents will want to know about that. So, Donna, before we wrap up today, I did want to know if there's anything else that you wanted to share with superintendents out there that are listening or any other uh, advice or, or just words you'd like to give out to them. For uh, school superintendents, I first want to say thank you. The work that su school superintendents are doing is so vital for the generation now and those to come. The work of education leadership is more important now than it's ever been. 
And from a school health services perspective, I want um, school superintendents to understand that an association like ours, like the National Association of School Nurses, is not um, running a jobs routine here. What we're looking at is placing students in the center. And what do they need to support them? What do they need to be able to attain education? And we know that uh, students need their health needs taken care of so that they're available for learning. Students need a safe place. I would encourage superintendents to go to healthystudentspromisingfutures.org to learn more about accessing Medicaid for school health services funding. It may provide some of the, the sustainability that school superintendents are looking for because school superintendents want their students to be healthy, safe, and available for learning. And we're partners in that. Well, thank you so much. And we will link to all of these resources, um, as well as all these organizations that were mentioned today in the podcast and the show notes. So thank you so much, Donna, for being on today. Thank you for inviting me. It's been wonderful to chat with you. Thanks for listening to this School CEO Conversation. You can follow Donna on Twitter at Donna M-A-Z-Y-C-K and learn more about the National Association of School Nurses in the show notes. Subscribe to School CEO at SchoolCEO.com for more advice, stories, and strategies for leading your schools. School CEO is brought to you by Aptogee.